Yesterday, we considered if the Bills' talent on offense was better coming out of 2022 and into 2023. This time, it's the defense and special teams' turn to be under the microscope today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Lockdown Bills. want to thank you for making Lockdown Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, you know what we're doing today. If you were here yesterday, we are going to look at the Bills defense position by position and ask ourselves the question, is it better? Is it better today than it was coming out of 2022? And the inspiration, if you will, for this conversation is this narrative that seems to form every single year that the Bills blew their best opportunity to win with Josh Allen. The talent will never be this good around Josh Allen ever again. And that hasn't been true yet. And we found out yesterday that it wasn't true about the offense. Today we will find out if it's true about the defense. And we're going to commit some time here at the end to special teams as well. So let's start with the defensive end position. In 2022, you had Von Miller for the first, what was it, 11 games or whatever it was, Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, and Boogie Basham. And in 2023, you've got Von Miller coming off of an ACL tear. And then the same guys, Greg Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Boogie Basham. I mean, the Bills added Shane Ray and Cameron Klein. Those are the two veterans that they brought in no rookies at defensive end and so that's the cast of characters is it better no it's not better if if anything it's the same it's the same players and you're hoping that von miller off of an acl tear can return to what we saw for those 11 games now the good news here is that while the personnel is not better because it's the same, there is a path for it to be better. And I think there's several different paths, one of them being Greg Rousseau taking another step. It's a big year for him. The Bills have to decide on his fifth-year option. Like the trajectory, like what we saw as a rookie, like how he developed from year one to year two. But him taking another step would obviously be big for this defense. You have A.J. Epinesa in a contract year coming off of six and a half sacks. Does he play his best football this year, trying to earn some money here in the next offseason? It's possible. Could you see a year three jump for Boogie Basham? We kind of saw one for A.J. Epinesa. If you get that same jump, if you get six and a half sacks from Boogie Basham this year, you are elated. So that's a possibility. That's one of the paths. And then, 
of course, the lottery tickets that are Shane Ray and Cameron Klein. Do either one of them wind up being a meaningful piece of this defensive end rotation? So while you can look at it and very clearly say, nope, it's the same players, it's not better, there's paths for the Bills to get more production here. And not that all of those have to happen. One or two could happen, and the Bills will be at least in better shape to receive better production. But obviously the health of Von Miller and him returning to form is the critical component of the defensive end conversation. Let's shift gears to the defensive tackle spot. 2022, Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who had injuries, even Ed Oliver had injuries, Tim Settle, who had injuries. 2023, it's very similar again. Daquan Jones, Ed Oliver, Puna Ford. Hello, welcome to the team. Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle. Is it better? Yes, it's better. This is a better defensive tackle group because you added a very good defensive tackle in Puna Ford. And so you have the same players, but now you have the same players plus Puna Ford. Okay, that's your math equation for it to be better. But are there paths to be better here outside of just Puna Ford being Puna Ford? And I think the good news here is, yes, there are. There are paths. It's a contract year for Ed Oliver. And we loved what we saw from Ed Oliver coming out of year three, right? Felt very good about it. Said the Bills should absolutely pick up that fifth-year option. It's a bargain. And then he got injured in week one against the Rams. Then had a calf thing a little bit later on. He had some injuries last year that took away from his ability to be the best version of himself. Now, you'd like to think that by the end of the season, he was healthy. And when the Bills needed him the most late in the year, you didn't really get that breakthrough. You didn't get that impact you wanted. But a contract year for Ed Oliver could bring out his best football, especially with, as I've mentioned, what these defensive tackles are getting on the open market. Guys from his own draft class like Jeffrey Simmons and Dexter Lawrence getting paid north of $20 million a season. Quinnen Williams is going to get paid more than any of them. I'm sure Christian Wilkins is going to push for somewhere near $20 million a season. What's Ed going to do? Well, what Ed's got to do to maximize that payday is have a great year. And so contract year, Ed Oliver is one very clear path, in my opinion, to where the Bills can get elevated play from the defensive tackle group. A healthy Jordan Phillips would be huge, right? When Jordan Phillips is healthy, he's a pretty good player. The problem is he hadn't been healthy in three years. Three years of hamstring problems, and he's also coming off of a rotator cuff that required surgery five- to six-month recovery for that. So can you get healthy Jordan Phillips? And the other path here is Tim Settle, pun intended, settling in. Can you get a better version of Tim Settle this year? Another guy that had calf injury early on, never really made an impact. Liked what I saw in preseason, but then he never wound up being a average-level rotational player like I expected him to be. Thought he was below average. Can you get more out of Tim Settle this year? So, yes, it's a better situation because you have Puna Ford, but if you can layer Puna Ford with contract year at Oliver, Tim Settle settling in, and healthy Jordan Phillips, you feel pretty decent about this defensive tackle situation. 
So my answer here is yes for defensive tackle. My answer for defensive end is no. And what's interesting is we've seen Brandon Bean tinker with the defensive line quite a bit throughout his tenure with the Bills. And this year, it's probably the least he's done. I mean, you gave Tim Settle, a, or excuse me, you gave Puna Ford a pretty modest one-year one year deal. And then you took a couple of rolls of the dice with Shane Ray and Cameron Klein. I mean, you really didn't do much here. And so does that mean they're pretty content? Does that mean that they just didn't have the opportunities? What, what does that mean? It's kind of like what we talked about with Spencer Brown at right tackle yesterday. Well, this is a important spot, but you really didn't do anything to hedge yourself here. Same kind of applies to the defensive line. All right, we got linebacker and safety coming up here in just a moment. But first, need to tell you about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's a lot of action that you can get in on. We mentioned the NBA playoffs. The NHL playoffs are happening. The MLB season is in full swing. You've got NFL futures bets that you can consider. And there's no better place to get in on the playoff action or sports action in general than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's talk next about linebacker, and I'm excited for this conversation. The answer here is going to be no. The Bills are not better at linebacker. Let's have the talk, though. Uh, 2022, you had Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, Tyrell Dotson, Terrell Bernard, A.J. Klein, Tyler Medikavich, and Valen Spector. 2023, you have Matt Milano. Tyrell Dotson, Terrell Bernard, A.J. Klein, Tyler Medikavich, Balen Spector, Dorian Williams, and Traven Howard are your new players. And, of course, the departure of Tremaine Edmonds. And so is this better? Absolutely not. It's not better. You don't have Tremaine Edmonds anymore. Five-year starter for your defense, a team captain, a pro bowler, a guy that played his best football last year. It's not better. So. What's interesting, though, is how the departure of Tremaine Edmonds just kind of impacts the overall defense. To me, it signals a fundamental shift in how the Bills will play defense. They have to play defense differently, and it's not its not because it's Tremaine Edmonds to Terrell Bernard or Tyrell Dotson. Like, it doesn't matter which player it is. Ter- Tremaine Edmonds' skill set allows you to play defense differently, especially in coverage. And I want to take this opportunity to bring back up the comments that Brandon Bean made on the Chris Long podcast about the linebacker position and the departure of Tremaine Edmonds. This was the quote from Brandon Bean, from Brandon Bean, excuse me. The game is trending more and more to pass first. Teams are passing in situations they never used to. It's a matchup game. When you are going to play the Chiefs or Bengals, they are going to get you in tough matchup situations. Tremaine is a really good player, but there were some matchup issues. He's 6'5". It's hard. You put a little slot on him, and it's not fair to him. He's just a little more gangly. So finding the right player that's firm enough against the run can get off blocks but can still match up with these pass-heavy teams is what he 
said he was looking for. And so I've, I talked about this before, but I think this does kind of signals, it signals those fundamental differences that we're going to see with the Bills defense. I think you're going to see more multiplicity with the defensive fronts. I think you're going to see a lot of even front, but you could see some odd front looks. You'll see more simulated pressures. And what's a simulated pressure? It's just when you rush four, but one of your rushers comes from a non-defensive line alignment, and one of your defensive linemen drops back into coverage. So you send Terrell Bernard, and you drop Greg Rousseau, something like that. I think you're going to see more simulated pressures, and I think you should. I think Terrell Bernard, one of his best skills is blitzing, and I would want him to shoot some gaps from time to time if I were deploying him uh, to the maximization of his skill set. I think you're going to see the linebackers play more man coverage than zone coverage. And I think that's a lot of what, what um, Bean was talking about there with some of the matchup issues that Tremaine Edmonds has. You know, he's not going to be able to flip his hips and transition and, and stay connected with slot receivers or running backs that are trying to cross his face. That's a tough ask. But what he does give you is a ton of length, a ton of range, and a ton of ability to eliminate throws in the middle of the field and really make those throws harder. So there's some give and take there, but because they don't have Tremaine, they're kind of leaning into, okay, well, can we get more change of direction skills? Can we get guys that can pivot and stay connected better with uh, some of these in-breaking patterns? And then I think you're going to see them lean into that type of skill set, not just from using more man coverage with linebackers, but also giving yourself a better chance against some of the misdirection plays and that ability to work laterally and and redirect with more quickness. And so this is the shift they have to make. And like I said, no matter who was replacing Tremaine, they have to play differently. And I certainly recognize that those comments came after Brandon Bean lost Tremaine Edmonds, right? There's a lot of context there. But I want to take this opportunity to kind of get back into that a little bit because I think it's important. But no, the Bills linebackers minus Tremaine Edmonds plus Dorian Williams and Traven Howard, it's not a better group. And so the answer for linebacker is no. Let's get to safety. In 2022, you had Jordan Poyer playing with, what, two different elbow injuries, foot injury, and all kinds of problems. Damar Hamlin, Dean Marlowe, Jaquan Johnson, Jared Maiden came in late. You had Micah Hyde for one and a half games. Now, back in 2023, you get Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Taylor Rapp has been signed, Damar Hamlin, Zane Anderson, and Jared Maiden's back. Is this better? Yeah, it's absolutely better. It's absolutely better. I mean, you not that you did a whole lot in terms of adding players, but you did add Taylor Rapp, and, and his arrival is very good. I think Taylor Rapp is a sufficient NFL starting caliber player. As I've said multiple times, he's a guy that I would have been satisfied with the Bills signing and pegging to start if they lost Jordan Poyer. Now they have both. So you get Micah Hyde back. You get a healthy Jordan Poyer. That'll be nice to see. You've added Taylor Rapp, and you have an experienced DeMar Hamlin now in the mix. I mean, he got to play a lot of football last year, which is good for his projection moving forward. You know, that's you'd certainly rather have Micah Hyde back there and Jordan Poyer to be healthy, but I guess your silver lining is that DeMar got a chance to play quite a bit. 
And so I'm mostly leaning into the addition of Taylor Rapp. But I think objectively, the safety position is better in 2023 than it was coming out of 2022. All right, we got cornerbacks and special teams coming up here after a very quick break. All right, let's continue this conversation with cornerbacks. But first, I do want to invite you to check out the Locked On Bills subtext community, something new that we're offering. And um, there's a link for you to join the subtext community in the show notes for today. So just click on those show notes, whether you're on YouTube or whatever podcasting uh, medium you prefer. And you will see in the show notes, there is a link to join. Here's what you get with the Locked On Bills subtext community. You get one-on-one text conversations with me. That has been awesome so far. Uh, love texting back and forth, getting to know listeners better, learning about you, stories, asking questions, enjoying that banter back and forth. Uh, you also have priority with herd mentality. Uh, so if you're a subtext uh, subscriber, you'll you'll get a chance to have priority when it comes to the herd mentality episodes. Uh, we'll have some exclusive content. I'll give you some regular Bill's musing texts as I have different thoughts. I'll send out texts to everybody. I'll give you my first reaction to all major Bills news. We're going to have some giveaways and other things. Speaking of giveaways, as I've told you, uh, everyone that has joined or joins the subtext community before May 25th on Thursday, you're going to be entered into a drawing and two people will win a free personalized copy of my book, Go Bills. Um, That'll be really fun. So there's a link in the show notes for today to check that out. And for the giveaway, I'm going to do it live on YouTube. In fact, that's going to be on Thursday, the 25th, live on YouTube, 8 p.m. Eastern time. So come on by. We'll do the drawing, and we'll spend a little time together, do some Q&A, whatever, for you know 30 minutes or so, and have some fun. So come on by, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday for the giveaway and just a live, um, just going live. I'm not even calling it an episode. It'll be pretty relaxed, and we'll have some fun. Uh, but uh, giving away a couple copies of my book, Go Bills. To anyone who signs up for the Lockdown Bills subtext community, again, a link in today's show notes. All right, let's talk about the cornerback position. Another situation where it's quite similar. In 2022, it's Trey White, Kyer Elam, Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, Taron Johnson, Saran Neal. This year, it's the same thing, plus Alex Austin, the Bills' seventh-round pick. Not sure if he makes the team. I think the big difference here, though, is Trey White having the opportunity to have another entire offseason rehabbing from the ACL tear. That was obviously a, a battle for him, not necessarily that he had setbacks, but I think there was some mental components to his recovery that he needed to clear. And now that he's further removed from it, you feel better about Trey White being Trey White again. That's the biggest thing, but also, you know, Kyer Elam, Christian Benford as rookies who contributed significantly, you know, now they're in year two. I think they're going to be a lot more comfortable, especially Kyer Elam, who I thought at times was just thinking too much, just needed to play. And obviously there was a big jump from the style of defense that the Bills play to what he did in, in college at Florida. And we saw some really nice moments, but I think he'll be more trusted by the coaching staff now that he's got a little time under his belt. And one thing that I've enjoyed about Kyer Elam, at least through the content that the, the official team YouTube has provided, whether it's, you know, him hanging out with Deion Dawkins down in Florida, him being with Josh Allen and Kyle Allen at the PGA 
championship at Oak Hill and doing, you know, a little seminar type stuff. I think that signals to me that he's kind of opening up a little bit. You know, I, I got a chance to be around him a little bit at camp last year, and I, I just thought he was rigid, thought he was tight. Um, first guy on the field, just really repping and working really hard. Last guy off, just really just tunnel, just focused, so focused on what he was trying to do. And that's a great thing, but there's a looseness that re- that's required, right? You want to be able to play fast and play loose. And I thought Kyrie just had a lot of thinking going on. And uh, you could tell he loves football. It's important to him. Like, I think he's going to be a really good player, but I think he needed to get through last year and um, find himself a little bit and, and gain some confidence. And I think he's going to be a lot better position to help this football team this year. So both him and Benford entering their second seasons, uh, you know, I think that's a big deal. So I, I think when you look at this and you ask yourself, is it better? The answer is no, because it's the same, right? It's definitely not worse, but again, paths to be better. Trey White fully recovered year two of Elam and Benford. It's a no, but I think the Bills corners can be better this coming season. Let's have a, a couple of minutes here on special teams. and. It's not just long snapper, punter, kicker, kick returner, that type of stuff. I want to focus in on mostly the core special teamers because we've had some turnover here. So in 2022, you did have Reed Ferguson, Sam Martin, Tyler Bass, Naheem Hines as your primary kick returner and punt returner. From that lens, it's the same, except for now you have Deontay Hardy as well that is a nice option in the return game. And I think it's probably worth mentioning that Tyler Bass finally has the same holder year over year that would be the first time in his career with Sam Martin coming back on a three-year extension. So I like all that. But when you look at your core special teamers, guys that cover kicks and punts, you know, I think about guys that played 200 snaps or more of special teams. They, they're the ones that really qualify as your core special teamers. And so last year was Tyler Medikevich, Sharon Neal, Taiwan Jones, Reggie Gilliam, Tyrell Dotson, Quentin Morris, Jaquan Johnson, Terrell Bernard, and Cam Lewis. And so you have some turnover there. Taiwan Jones and Jaquan Johnson, they're not back. And they have been core special teamers for this team for a while now. And I think when you look at that list of the core special teamers, Terrell Bernard being part of that list, you know, if he's going to be your starting Mike linebacker, it's very unlikely that he continues to play that volume of snaps when it comes to special teams. So who does take those snaps? I think the most logical players on the roster to me are Trent Sherfield, Justin Shorter, and Dorian Williams. So when it comes to those core players of covering kicks and punts, blocking on kick return and punt return, I think you're swapping out Taiwan Jones, Jaquan Johnson, and Terrell Bernard, and you're replacing them with Trent Sherfield, Justin Shorter, and Dorian Williams. Is it better? I mean, the Bills were number one in special teams DVOA last year. And like I mentioned, there's some players they're going to need to replace. I do feel really good about Trent Sherfield. You know, he's a proven NFL special teamer. Taiwan Jones, I'll say, has been important for this team, but I th- I thought he was slowing down the last two years. And there's no, you know, we don't know what it looks like when it comes to Justin Shorter and Dorian Williams as far as special teams go in the NFL, although I'm optimistic because they did that well in college. So is this better? Probably not, but I'm unconcerned. The Bills have options. They're number one in special teams DVOA and Matthew Smiley's first season as the special teams coordinator. 
I love the continuity at kicker, long snapper, punter, kick returner. I think you've elevated your return game situation. That was a big concern of ours last year going into the year. Who's going to be the kick returner with Andre Roberts no longer around and, you know, nervous about Isaiah McKenzie and was it going to be Jamison Crowder? What about, um, you know, Khalil Shakir? Can he factor in? Well, it's Naheem Hines and Deontay Hardy, and that's, that's a much better starting point this year than it was last year. So what do we learn here? Defensive end, were they better or are they better? No. Defensive tackle, yes. Linebacker, no. Cornerback, no. Safety, yes. And special teams, probably not, but I'm unconcerned. So now that we've done this entire conversation, it's my belief that the Bills are better everywhere on the roster except for offensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker, and corner. Collectively, is this a better team? Is this a better roster this year than it was last year? Yes. Yes, it is. I think when you you go through the additions and subtractions and you figure out where you land, it's a better team. Now, I'm concerned, right? I'm concerned about Tremaine Edmonds and the replacement plan there. I wish there was more added to this defensive line. I wish there was more competition brought in for right tackle, but that's offset to me by what they did on the interior offensive line, what they did at receiver, tight end, running back, safety, defensive tackle. I think there's enough in the addition column that I'd like compared to what they lost that makes me say, you know what? Yeah, I do think this roster is better once again. And so we'll see. We'll see. See how it all comes together. I know that there's been a lot of feedback about the coaching and the scheme. Right. I hear you. I hear you. There's both sides of the ball, whether it's Ken Dorsey's evolution or Sean McDermott taking over as the defensive play caller. It's got to work out, right? But I will say this. Football's about Jimmy's and Joe's, not as much X's and O's. It's all important. It's all very important. But this conversation over the last two days has been more about the Jimmys and Joes and less about the X's and O's. Now, the good news is we're going to talk X's and O's here uh, in the coming weeks. I, I promised you a, an episode on 12 personnel and Knox and Kincaid and how that all needs to come together. Thinking about doing a podcast on simulated pressures and how I think that can be a staple of the defense with Sean McDermott taking over as well. So a lot of fun conversations coming your way. Now, my plan is tomorrow to be herd mentality, but that might actually be Thursday because OTA started on Monday. There was no media availability on Monday, but there will be on Tuesday. We're expected to hear from Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, and defensive backs coach John Butler. And so there could be some good nuggets coming out of OTAs. And if that's the case, we'll do that on Wednesday and we'll push herd mentality to Thursday. Uh, but no matter what, we're here for you daily talking Bills football. Uh, check out the subtext community going live this Thursday, the 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern time on the YouTube channel. So come on by for that as well. <sighs> I think that's everything. All right. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.